are listening to episode number 63 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Melancon of Tobacco Records. Each week, one of us picks a Rancid or Rancid-adjacent song, and we talk about it and all our complicated feelings. Uh, this week, in honor of the orcas that are organizing in the ocean and sinking billionaires fucking boats we are gonna talk about harry bridges from let's go what it does it was your life if the pigs killed it what was harry bridges grab the mic the city shut down july 6th the workers are raised there's a general strike oh, the media claimed the boys we're taking on so it was true. We are compromising such better and now let's just sell and turn it So yeah, Harry Bridges is towards the latter half of Let's Go, which of course came out in June of 1994. I saw somewhere, and I don't know that I can verify this, but I the, the songwriting credits were Tim and Matt. Um hmm. So I don't know if that's true, but I'm, you know, I read it on the internet, so it must be. (laughs) (laughs) It feels very much just like a Tim song to me, but maybe, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Anyway, this is a very, uh, this is like very Tim. (laughs) Like it's story, it's story about some guy down on his luck, have like shit, shit's bad, but also then this historical angle of bloody Thursday and Harry bridges, which for those who don't know, um, and I had to, I looked this up years ago, but then I had to, I kind of reread a little bit, uh, Harry Bridgers, Harry Bridgers. He was Phoebe Bridgers father. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> Harry bridges was, uh, basically a union leader for, he was with the international longshoremen's association. And then, uh, he's just like kind of a massive figure in labor unions and labor organizing in the thirties, forties and fifties, especially I think. Um, and he was also convicted of being a communist. Uh, and then that got like overturned by the Supreme court. So that was interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah. And so bloody Thursday was this San Francisco, having in San Francisco where, um, I guess there was a strike going on. I, I'm not totally clear on this, but there was, there was already some strike going on. And then the cops got involved and killed three people, like three, like strike people who were like, um, I think it, I'm, I'm reading it now. The waterfront employers association was, oh, okay. So the cops helped the, Waterfront Employees Associate. I don't know. Fucking hell. Go read about it. Anyway, the co- the cops <laughs> killed three strikers, and beat up, yeah. yeah, beat up a bunch of them, and that then. So that was Bloody Thursday, and then the general strike has like was the next day. Like I think that is what basically launched the sort of general, like was the impetus for it. Um, mm-hmm. And this was, I think, in the 30s, if I... Yeah. So, anyway. So, Harry Bridges was all part of that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I don't know how much the Harry Bridges angle is like to me, this is more the song about Eddie, <laughs> right? Like, well, yeah, it just seems like it, it seems like there's the macro thing with, with Harry Bridges and then like kind of creating this cycle of the, these big uncompromising strikes. And then <clears throat> Eddie being like a union worker and but then there's like like the escalation all the way to flint where they're just like fine fuck it we're gonna shut down the entire thing you know we it's not that's worth true it. yeah i'm i mean it's kind of that through line right like right. like and in, just, and in that say okay we're gonna take this to another country you know what i mean right, well and in that way i mean it's kind of um that's like pretty astute and get like him to yeah, you know I, it, I, I actually find this to be a shockingly amazing song lyrically yeah like, re, like especially yeah just thinking about yeah the media claim the commies were taken over and some believed it was true yeah that paved the way it's like very it's like yeah damn <laughs> good job and too. then i just think the the poetic thing of like you know like eddie you know believed in the union obviously yeah. but then like all the stuff of Flint happens and he, he obviously spirals downward versus like what the workers were trying to do. And, and it's sort of this pretty honest thing of, well, how much power do you know, be believing in the power of the worker, but also like, well, how much power do you actually have? Like, even when you do these things that have these incredible outcomes and even when the fucking cops are on the side of the, like, right. You still lose, you know what I mean? And then, and also for the workers that have to be part of this, like it's like this this incredibly poetic thing that again I have to always remind myself this is what he's saying every time I listen to the song <laughs> that he's saying over and over again the doors are locked and the windows are broken like just this cycle of lockout mm-hmm. riot lockout riot you know like like sort of um, union and and strikes you know like. Um, and how how that can probably be pretty i'm reading that as sort of this like this sort of like no wonder in the 80s like we lost all respect for unions because it was like they felt more and more defanged right because of globalism and then you know right or wrong you know and then uh and then these people who are just like the on the ground workers they're just like well it's just this violence and frustration and i can't get to work and you know what i mean like and for what you know like it doesn't have the same effect as like when it was harry bridges you know like yeah, yeah i yeah. read I, whether or not i'm reading all that into this it's just kind of the truth, truth of, of like of, of what the, has happened <laughs> going from yeah. i'm i'm a company man in flint that has a family and a house yep. to living in a trailer park and going like well why do we have to have a strike every seven years you know what i mean and like why does it have to be like this? You know, like I find this to be talking about the musicality of the song for sure, because this man, there's, I have a lot to say oh. about that, but like, um, the, 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 I don't have much more to say about the themes, but the themes are really well, this is a really well said. Yeah. Paul, the politics and the complications of workers' rights unions. It's, like, this is great. It's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty remarkable too, to think that, in a two minute song or two and a half minute song that he's able to really capture the nuance of it. And like, how yeah. I mean, that's uh, and, and in a really engaging kind of way, because, you know, I mean, taking the, to 
bringing the focus to Eddie, who I assume Eddie is just a made up person, but, um, which maybe not. might not be, you, I mean, you I never know they, with Tim, right? Um, said I got a letter from Eddie and it was bad news, you know? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't know, but I mean, I don't, I don't know that it matters. Like, this, yeah, um, no, it doesn't. I don't <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, these are like Tim is at his, cause you know, we've talked about Tim using other people's stories in ways that can feel a little off putting, mm-hmm. but this is an example of like Tim using someone else's story in a really kind of powerful way. And in a way that if like, if Eddie is a real person, I think like does Eddie justice in a way of like, yeah, look what this, like, look what fucking happened to this guy. And, and, and it's, and at the same time, because again, like I'm very pro union and all of those things, and I and I don't think this song is like anti union or anything. No, but it's like it does this really good job being like, yeah, like you can be pro union, but you also got to understand like there's this other side of it that. Well, can, yeah, like why did the union guy, the guy who should love unions, end up being like the bagger guy? It's like, right. well, it's this shit, and yeah. it's because they're fighting this uphill battle against propaganda and these guys who are fighting an unequal war of like, okay, I'll just take it right. to another country. It's like, well, what do you do? You know what I mean? It's really hard to unionize with the other country. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, and I mean, in that sense too, I mean, you think about this came out in 1994 uh, and it's so it's, it tells the story of like what has happened. And like you said, like bringing up like, you know, this is how, I mean, this is how Trump tapped into populism. Oh, yeah. And all that. And it's, you know, and it's, you know, and it's not a news. The difference between what a union guy, like a, a, like again, like a General Motors union guy's voting pattern was in the 70s versus like 92, they had lost a lot of belief in Democrats and, and, and sort of the unions and all these things because they were mostly these things that were like these high dues. Uh, and lots of bureaucracy and in their mind yeah. they were like they're non-effective and it's like well you're not playing you're you're fighting an unequal war right. you know what i mean like what are they supposed to do and and so yeah it i i think it does an incredible job and again the poet poetic thing of over and over again the doors locked and the windows are broken like it's just like uh yeah <laughs> like well i guess in, in a lot of ways that that has to do with the the union and the and the lockouts but it also has to do with well now the 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 factory um, shut down the and abandoned. Shut down, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I said, I didn't say that part of it, but to me, I think it works as both. It works as for, for lockouts and it works as just straight up the factories. Are I mean, gone and it's, it, it can also work as the, you know, the house got repossessed and is sitting there. Un- yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's really. like, it, it's, it, it's, it's pr- really it's quite pr- good. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is a really, remarkable little chunk of poetic lyricism here and and it's got the history lesson of harry bridges in right it. it's like this is this is again like we we keep whenever we hit on it it's like there's a lot to dislike about rancid there's a lot to dislike about tim it's like why are we people right. like us so entranced by this weirdo you know <laughs> and like it's like you know it, there's perfectly valid reasons to completely write tim off but like well, it's this, like, he's yeah. very good at this. Like, when he's good, he's very good at this. And, like, this happens in the middle of this, like, kind of breakneck album. They have this weird, slow, kind of yeah. dirty song that, like, nails this so well. Like, this is this is why you liked him, you know what I mean? This is what 
what he does well. Yeah. And this is a great example. I think this is a song worthy of being on maybe a better album almost. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, I think it kind of gets lost. Like, I forget about this song until same. it comes on. Right. And it not only is it deserved to be on a better album, it deserves better placement on this album. I, you know, because it's, I think it's like the 14th track. So it feels very buried i <laughs> just and it's kind of in the middle of like a weird run like it's not in that last little run of like motorcycle ride and like all that stuff but it's like solidarity and motorcycle ride and like international cover-up yeah it's yeah. weird um yeah like well what's crazy the other half of this is my god is it i don't know we've talked about let's go before I don't know if this is where you would go with this, but like there's certain songs on Let's Go that just to me scream this sort of I was too young and I'm missing the 90s sound. Like there is such a 90sism to this song. Like, oh, like yeah. the production, the 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 way they're singing, they're like, yeah. like, like again it's more like i'm hearing it around the corner because i'm not out in the world i'm a young i'm pretty young guy or it's right after all this happened you know like but like my god like if you there's certain songs that like you know that i talked about on um we do salvation what's the song with the like pick scrape that i was no it's a uh, nihilism yeah nihilism. Uh, nihilism i feel like also really yes. really sounds like what the 90s sounds like to me early 90s sound like to me i'd say this, salvation does too but we haven't salvation does too yeah that's why i went there right like <laughs> but I yes would say this song salvation nihilism like there's parts of this album especially when they slow down well, i was gonna say those are the songs where they really those are all three of those songs stretch are, out are like slowed down not the yeah which is 100 yeah. percent. so uh and and it's just such a cool like it's also kind of like strummy the way 90s songs are you know like yep like and like no like again it, it, I totally there's agree. not a lot of eras of music where you were allowed to up up strum a guitar <laughs> i feel like you know like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it, it's true uh, and like what well, wasn't cool you know i don't think it's cool you know i know i remember somebody i think it's like andrew weathers has a rant about you just never allowed to do that um and like i i don't know it's like i it's it, there's something so interesting and it, like it's got this bridge where everything goes through a like a uh like a weird reverb pedal. right yeah and yes and then you, and that, Tim is, and the and the vocal is just so like, and it was that it's like he's just yeah. like falling away from the earth or something like it's just yeah, into yeah. the void and. it does feel like that even is thematic like it's yes. like one of the few times they tried to get conceptual and thematic early on in their career where it was totally like, agree it's supposed to feel like something slipping away and and getting lost in the mud and like you know the sort of mire and like and, misinterpretation and all that and know? again they kind of and they kind of nail it <laughs> yeah i mean i think i mean i 
I agree with all of that. Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. And I was really, cause yeah, we've, let's go has become a real mixed bag for us. And yeah. And when we was burn, I think burn maybe was the last one we talked. And like burn had the moment we were like, shit, this is a really fucking good song. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel the same way about like, this is, you can make a pretty strong case that this is one of the best songs on let's go. I think. I think so. I think more and more if I'm especially if I'm pulling a song out to listen to like mm-hmm. outside of the run of Let's Go, it's these slower, more nuanced songs. It's the same with the first album, like the ones that we've kind of pulled out that are a little bit more mm-hmm. angular and weird or the cover at the end of the song or, or right. at the end of the sure. album. Like those are like the ones that like really resonate as like, oh, I can like I can interact with this song as an individual piece. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, and I think that's where when you you said earlier that it like it doesn't like let's go doesn't do it like it it deserves to be on a better album or something. I think that's it where really that does really feel like that. Like yeah. that's where it really I think that gets really crystallized like when you pull it out and really listen to it and it's it it feels yeah, like you know, I don't it feels like it's a part of the that run of like kind of popular songs on on life won't wait yeah yeah like if it feels really a part of that like warsaw and like some of these other songs you know what i mean like 100 percent. i mean you could you could rework this slightly and you could it could it could totally fit on life won't life won't wait like yeah that you know yeah which is pretty interesting because there's not a lot on let's go that i would say that about no (laughs) there's also Man, like, there's not a ton to say about this other than it's like when a song is just like undeniably good and kind of surprising. Like, it's yeah. a, it's one of those weeks where it's like I don't know if I have tons to say about this song, right. but like, uh, it's got some really really good playing on it. Like, there's some really I I really like. Um, I don't know. I I think there's an interesting bit of song structure for this era. Rancid, like they're doing more than they normally would. Mm-hmm. But the thing I think it's worth calling out is man there's a couple songs in this album that we've already called out but that let's go snare is right front and center on this song yeah that brett for let's go snare i love that snare now man like like when it pops back up it's just like oh i know it's so snappy and cracky and like there's a little reverb on it and it's like yeah, I don't know. Like, I am the I am such a fan. And like when Glenn kind of called out that it's also how Fugazi recorded their things, and yes. I think it's why I love Fugazi is that drum sound. And so like, it's it's such a, like to you know we've also we've noted because of stupid Lars quotes like like there's like in their head there's such a like dichotomy to, between those two bands. Right. right, they're very similar. They're right. like this white reggae punk bands from the coasts. You know, what right. I mean? like it's not it's not that super different you know one is maybe a little bit more intellectually honest about certain things but like (laughs) um but like i love fugazi i love rancid but like the drum sounds of brett really are like kind of a little bit more uh you know down and dirty version of the drum sounds of 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 uh oh i'm gonna blank on his name of fugazi but um oh man i love him and i'm blanking on his name Anyways, uh, yeah, but I actually know it. Damn it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I like that you're insinuating but, that I don't have a fucking clue. Who it is. You, you, you hate Fugazi, and no, you no, know, uh, Bre- Brendan Canty. Brendan, yes, yeah, that's what it is. Canty, yes. 
uh yeah like they just have such a similar approach and it's like that style i don't know if that's like cool or not anymore like i wonder like is that like what that uh that snare that sort of really like snappy snare yeah, that doesn't know. have a lot of snare on it and has a lot of reverb it's like kind of like it's a little more again like white reggae probably has a like like I bet that's how Incubus fucking records their drums too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he made the point that like it, like it actually was a big influence on um, new metal. Like new metal yeah. did that, and other metal bands don't do that. You know, and that well, it's what made new metal new metal new metal because new metal was like this weird combination of post hardcore and metal, right? Like you know, but with all the shittiness of eighties metal bands, you know, like right. <laughs> you know, it's like like vibe wise, they were completely off that, but sound wise, they were a lot more influenced by like post hardcore and stuff. So, like, I wonder where that that for other generations, for other styles, like where that lands. You know what I mean? But for me, I'm such a sucker for it. Like, I just like listen to this song, and I'm just like, yes. Like, if another band recorded it, it would not have what this vibe of like everything no. gets gets accented by this the snare hit that is so fun to listen to and it's so it's such a nice anchor for the song you know um yeah it's just ugh, it's, god now that we've like called it out it's just so hard to avoid <laughs> i know oh i know yeah I, it's <laughs> it's just like right well i mean it is very front and center i feel like in the mix yeah. but but just even metaphorically it's like right in your face or something <laughs> um but yeah no i like I said, as far I I I when I picked this last week, I was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. I haven't done Let's Go in a while, and yeah, the whole like union thing. And then listening to it this week, it's like, fuck. I mean, not in a bad way. I was just like, this is yeah, this is. Yeah. And I still think, and and before we started recording, Sam said this is like Tim's Dylan, so, like Bob Dylan song, and I think that's. <laughs> it really is it it's is got, like, that looseness of it vibe it's all very populous it's, it is it's got the like mushiness of the of the ethics of it you know it's very like you know it's like kind of it's not taking any hard sides but it's showing that like it's kind of bad for everybody in a weird way and yeah no i think it's I, not I, simple i think that's know? very astute so tim ch- uh, channeling bob dylan hey works for me <laughs> one uh one thing that i do want to call out that i guess i forgot about is like when they all rush back into this that's probably one of the other things that is very 90s about it like it's kind of got this laid back vibe right and they're kind of doing that you know like that's just like kind of a strummy song for the most part but when it rushes back on like the right. third time they get back in or the second time and it's like gets back into the over and over again and it's like really everything comes together in a big like you know like it's just there's a almost a nirvana vibe to it or something like uh yeah i don't know exactly something like you know that. what i'm saying yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. some kind of like like i mean this song upswell is, I, yeah going no, on i mean there's it's the thing about you know you're saying how this song has this really 90s sound to it but there's so yeah. many ele- because it's like all these like that aspect of it the sort of strumminess of it the uh the snare you know i mean all of these th- it's it's just it's a lot of yeah. I, I don't want to say they're not I don't know if they're like '90s cliches or whatever, but it is. Well, they're touchstones yeah, at least. Yeah, you know, they're exactly. like things that were in the zeitgeist that people were experimenting. I I don't know. After saying that, like I could see Kurt playing this song. Oh yeah. Like, and there's not a lot of Rancid Dogs that I feel like you could hear Kurt playing. No. It would be a pretty, pretty like straight 
like oh it would sound very similar, very similar you know yeah. what i mean yeah probably like better, this one better could singing, be, but, but, yeah. like i could totally see him doing yeah. that you know he would just pitch down a little bit and you know do it through gritted teeth you know what i mean like right yeah like, i mean it would it would like i said be better sung like yeah exactly yeah because <laughs> it would be a little less mushy kurt, for yeah, sure kurt cobain was a much better singer than tim Armstrong. Yes, <laughs> yes for sure and he'd add a bunch of weird random extra yes. um <laughs> notes to those chords that were like whoa that's weird yeah, what the, yeah which is what he liked to do he liked to add weird extra notes on the chords but and, yeah. and, and i do feel like tim, this is tim is very much in his timness uh yeah that is it's a, that there's a lot of he said there's a lot of slurred yeah like the yeah general strike yeah. like there's a couple of things where they kind of like it's like oh, they barely got that full word out you right know? like even you, you you got it under the wire but you got it you got there you know and interesting yeah. lyrically that within the first three lines they mentioned july 6th twice i think it's just gonna, i don't know i don't know why i thought that was funny but it's you know it's because when i think about when i'm writing about music or something i try not to repeat myself really yeah, yeah, close yeah. together like that and it's like july 6th july 6th okay i mean i get it okay no, you're right. Oh, that's funny. Um, All right, I think that's about it. Great song, yep. though. Great song. Um, uh, so what? I, I know that you've been thinking long and hard all week about your pick. <sighs> yeah, for next week. So uh, hit me with it. I think we're uh, kind of in the spirit of this, of like, just you know, we got to knock out some songs <laughs> from <laughs> from good albums. Uh, Let's go have some, you know, let's slick our hair back, you know, get, get a, put on a bowling shirt, you know, um, put on some bowling shoes, some wingtips. Uh, I'm wondering if you can get, we're going to go to Life Won't Wait and we're going to, you know, get in our car and go, go, um, go to the drive-in. And we're going to go do some rockabilly and we're going to go listen to Lady Liberty. Okay. Have a real rockabilly time. I, I have a real rockabilly time. There we go. <laughs> it's like the most extreme oh. rockabilly song in existence. Yeah. In Rancid's history, I think. Like even when they went full rockabilly later, I don't think they ever went as rockabilly, rockabilly <laughs> as that song. You know? Yeah, I'm kind of uh, stuck in my head all day. It is. I think the beginning of that is very, very, very catchy. Yeah. Song, so, but, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right. I don't think we have anything else. We have anything else? Don't think we have anything else. Um, <laughs> just had a whole conversation with myself there. Uh, as always, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the 11th hour podcast. Thanks to everybody who has signed up and supported the pod. Appreciate it very, very much. And we're, we're still figuring all that out, trying to get more things going in there, but it's, you know, the support means everything. Uh, and otherwise you can yell at us on Twitter or Instagram at rancid pod. You can send us an email. You can send us a voicemail, find all of those links in our link tree on social media so there we go and next time we will have a rockabilly good time <laughs> when we see you in the pit
It, it, well, yeah, it's like Tim's. Well, anyway. Um, 